Welcome to the Mastering College Two Career Podcast. I am your host, the one that knows the most, Daniel Botero. In a world where eight out of 10 students are graduating without a job lined up, and 40% of graduates never work in a job that require their degree, this podcast is the solution. In this podcast, not only do you hear from my own personal experience, countless hours worth of research on this topic, but I bring industry experts to help students take away that fear of graduating without a job and instead teach you how to land your dream job. So with the fact that 85% of students walk down the stage without a job lined up, I decided to create a really short assessment that students can take right now that will take less than five minutes and give them a very clear idea of how ready they are to graduate with a job. And it's kind of funny, it's fun, and it will give you an animal. You'll either become a sloth, somebody that's just kind of be sleeping through college. You either are a bear, someone that has a lot of potential but has been hibernating. You could be a dog, someone that has been doing some great things, are trainable and have high potential or you can be a unicorn. And that is a very small percent of students that have done exactly what it takes to land their dream job and have already done it. So which animal are you? Find out at masteringcollege2career.com forward slash assessment. Welcome, welcome back to this episode of the Mastering College Two Career Podcast. Today, uh, this is one of my, like, this is the type of episodes that I love to do. It's talking about people's story and journey. And I have an amazing guest for you today. His name is Sean Pan, and he is an engineer and a real estate investor. And we're just going to dive into the story. We're going to dive into Sean. So, Sean, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Daniel, thank you so much for having me on your show today. I'm super excited to be here and to affect some change to your listeners. Man, I, I love it. I am pumped, Sean, man. For the audience, you know, most of my audience are, is here in Florida. You're in California. Um, why don't you share a little bit about yourself without going too much because I'm going to ask you about your college journey and everything else. All right, not to go too far. I basically grew up in a town called Milpitas, California. It's here in the Silicon Valley Bay Area. After graduating from high school, I went to college at UCLA. I uh, got a degree in electrical engineering, then worked as a satellite engineer, and now I'm doing some real estate investing. Perfect. perfect. So, Sean, I know we met, um, we really connected on the 10X. Uh, we, we both went to the 10X uh, conference in Miami, but we really connected because we both took the same online course. And I really just love the fact that the entrance's perspective of you being an engineer and then the fact that you are a real estate investor. So, that is so awesome to me. But as we talk more, even before we started this podcast, you told me that there's a little bit more about this story. So walk me through, you know, your, how were you as a high school student? I want to start there. Man, like almost every other high school student, I'm an Asian kid. I was really good at science and math. I did a little bit of cross country and track and basically got really good grades. Got into UCLA. And yeah. And so you got into UCLA and when did you know that you wanted to do engineer? To be honest, when you're 17 years old, senior in high school, you don't know what you want to do. Man, all I knew was I was good at science and math. I didn't want to be a math major because that means I had to be a professor. I didn't want to be a physics major because, again, all you could do is be a professor. So I had an uncle in Taiwan who was an electrical engineering major. He did very well. And I figured, all right, check that box. 
Me got in. So you were an electrical engineer. And so tell me about like the first two years of your college experience. Like, what do you think you did right? And what do you think you could have done better? For sure, man. So the first quarter of college, you know, fall quarter, you don't know what you're doing. You're brand new. And classes are actually a lot easier in college than they are in high school. Like I remember in high school, every single day, you had homework assignments to do. In college, you only do once a week. So I thought that meant I could party for five days out of the week and then really study just one day out of the week, especially while I was going to classes. I was taking classes with a lot of the CS majors and I could see during class, they weren't really paying attention. They were playing StarCraft on their laptops. And I thought I could do the same thing. Well, come midterm and final season, that first quarter, I actually bombed. And I felt like, wow, I don't belong in this school. Um, so yeah, lesson learned. You okay, have to so actually study. Let's talk about let's talk that about let's talk about that a little bit because that is a reality for a lot of students. And I know so many people that, you know, whether it's because when they were in high school, they had helicopter parents and now they they're now in college and they get this whole new sense of freedom that that freedom they they're like go crazy, right? And they go from one extreme to the other. And to your point, you did it too. Like you now we're partying five days a week and really only taking school serious one. And so what was your, what were you thinking at that moment that you were like, damn, I messed up this semester. Like what was your train of thought and how did you overcome that? That's a very great question because I was an electrical engineer and I pretty much got the lowest grade you can get, which is like a C because if you get lower than a C, you can always retake it and get like an A, but you can't if you, if you have a C. So I got like a C in a computer science class. And I asked my mom, I said, mom, like, maybe I'm not cut out to be an engineer. Um, you know, she basically talked to me about it and said, no, look, you do belong in the school. You just messed up because you didn't realize how much you have to actually study. I did. I was spending all my time with my roommates, with my floor mates playing games. We had rock band at the time. We would go out partying all the time. But then I realized, okay, there's a way to study. And um, once I learned that system, how to actually study appropriately, go to office hours, talk to TAs do all the homework assignments, right? Then uh, it really turned my, turned my life around in school and I started getting really good grades in college as well. Excellent. And so then walk me through like the middle of your college career. Like I, now that we know that how that story ended and you have a really great job and you have a, you know, flourishing real estate career and you're seeing that, right? Walk me through now you struggled in college. Now you go into the middle state, uh, like you start, getting the hang of it, what helped you stand out? Or like, what else did you start doing different? Were you involved in student organizations? How were you involved? Like, how were you spending your time? All right, you ready for the long story now? I'm ready for the long story. All right, so basically after that second quarter at UCLA, I understood how to take tests, how to do homework assignments, and I got a really good GPA. So much so that I felt really confident in my abilities. I joined a fraternity, had a great time there. I became one of the lead organizers of the fraternity. I became the internal vice president. So, so far, everything's going very well. Have a good, uh, good GPA at a good school, looking like I'm gonna have a great career trajectory. During my third year of college though, I was involved in some hazing activities and I got kicked out of school. The kicker was, at that time, I was also on like a military contract. So I was supposed to graduate at a certain date and join this program where I was gonna be in a submarine as a nuclear propulsions officer happened. I didn't know what to do because as a you know, good Asian boy, you tell your parents, Hey, not only did I get kicked out of UCLA for a year, I also lost my military contract. Surprisingly though, 
my parents are like, so you're not in the military anymore? Congratulations. And they were super happy for me. So I thought I was going to be, you know, peppered with shame from my family and friends, but they were actually super supportive of me going through this hard time. So I want to, I want to like dive into this a little bit more. Okay. One second. So you, you know, you're doing really good. You got the hang of school. And so then you decided to join a fraternity, right? In which then, um, before we dive into, you know, like a little bit of why you got kicked out and, and that's fine. I want to understand why you, why did you decide to join a fraternity? Because a fraternity could be a very good thing for, you know, for people to build a network as well as to get connections that are going to help you succeed in the future. And, and I've seen this happen all the time. So I want to understand why did you decide a fraternity? Why do you, why do you, or you do not think that it's a good idea for somebody to consider joining a fraternity? And then as well as what are some of the things that you learned from being part of it? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So during my first quarter, I had mentioned that I was super buddy, buddy with my roommates, with my floor mates. But then I realized that this kind of relationship was mostly built because we were so close physically. Next year, once we moved away, we probably wouldn't be hanging out as often. And I wanted that core group of friends that I could always rely on, even after we graduated and be hundreds of miles apart. Looking back, I think it's one of the best decisions I've ever made. You know, you have all these friends in high school. Honestly, I only hang out with one friend from high school still. But all these friends I made in college, especially in my fraternity, I'm still super, super tight with. And on top of the fact that you join a fraternity and you create, you know, long-lasting relationships, what are the advantages of why did you decide to join and to do part of the leadership, right? Because that's something that, again, you decide, you made a conscious decision to be part of. Yeah, I mean, once you're part of an organization and you see the benefits that gave you, like it basically gave me a second home in LA. And I felt so much gratitude for the organization that I wanted to give back. And me serving as an officer was my way to give back to that organization. And walk me through, okay, so now you've got, you decided to join the fraternity, you became an officer in this fraternity, and then there was a hazing incident. So now you got kicked out and you were saying that you had a military contract. So was this a contract that was saying, once you graduate, you're going to get this job or were you in the reserves or how did that work? It's kind of complicated situation. This specific program was something that I had to test into and I already got like an offer. So they're already paying for my uh, expenses. They're giving me a salary already on the military. And then after I graduated, I would go to something called OCS, which is an officer candidate school, basically boot camp for officers. Mm-hmm. And then I would, yeah, I would be uh, a fully commissioned officer after graduating college and going to that program. Okay. Wow. So this man, you are doing really good uh, in college. You're, you're having good grades. You're, you're part of this brotherhood and man, Every, your world probably crumbles, right? Like you get kicked out, you lose your contract, you're concerned about what your family thinks and what happens next? Like you could have given up, like you could have just, you know, you know, done something, given up on your life and settled. What, what did you decide to do? Dude, to be honest, you're right. That was probably like the darkest time in my life. And I was so embarrassed to tell my parents, like, how can you go, go back home and say, hey mom, look, I got kicked out of school and I lost all this money and I kicked out of the military. I started thinking of ways to tell my parents without having to actually tell them. I was thinking like, what if I get into a car accident and like break my leg? Oh, I can't be in the military anymore. Oh, I need to stay home for a year to recover, right? Thank God I didn't do it. Um, what I did instead was thought, okay, this is the current situation. How can I get out of it? I started coding 
um, on my own, read through the whole Java book. I started going on YouTube, trying to learn how to code apps. And I went through our college's like online database of job offers. Yep. Companies pay the college to post on these like right, these right, right. Reports. So it's one company. He's like a startup company. He said, okay, he's looking for a coder to code these iPhone apps into Android. See, back then you couldn't just code one database and have both. You had to code one for iPhone and one for Android from scratch. I didn't know how to code. So I learned how to code and I had an interview there and I kind of BS my way through uh, and he hired me. So I was coding apps, even though I had no experience, I was learning it on YouTube and coding at the same time. Now, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I, I was just going to say, wow, that's amazing. So were you just kicked out of college for one year or was it, or, or was it an appeal process that allowed you to come back? It was one year suspension. Okay. So it was a one year suspension. And so you could have done a million, you could have taken a part-time job, right? Or not even, you could have taken a full-time job at a retail shop or done Uber. Maybe I think back then probably was no Uber, but whatever you could have done it. But instead you decided to learn how to code, to teach yourself how to code. And then in a way, BS your way into a job or be, create yourself an opportunity. And, and so how does, how does, how, how has that affected you moving forward? Okay. So doing that, I got the job coding apps and the app I was working on was a GPS tracker. So nowadays there's like find my phone or you could track your friends all day, all day. Back then they didn't have that. So my app was doing that on a very kind of whatever level. Uh, at the same time, I'm an internship at Boeing because I was creating an app that uses GPS satellites and at Boeing, they were making the GPS satellites. So I eventually got a job working full time at Boeing as a payload test engineer. And that was very interesting because it gave me a full-time career to do. That way I was able to go back home and tell my mom, hey, I got kicked out of school. Hey, I got kicked out of the military, but don't worry, I already found a job. So you don't have to worry about me. I'll still live in LA and take care of my rent. Everything's good. So you, did you get a job with Boeing before you graduated or after you graduated? Yeah, this was during my year break. So there's, yeah. So Boeing knew you'd had, you had not had graduated yet and they offer you a job anyways? So this was a full-time internship position. And during the interview, okay, during the interview, I told them, hey, I got kicked out for a year. And you could tell it was me and 10 other managers. And then five of them instantly freaked out. They're like, what? This isn't in your paperwork. And then I could tell they already checked me out. They wanted to not even talk to me anymore and walk out the room. But one manager looked at me and said, seems like you're a very honest person. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And, and that honestly got me the job. And so that manager said that, and did you say anything back? Like how did, how were you able to convince the other nine managers in the room? You know, I don't know, <laughs> to be honest. All I know is I'm a very bad liar. So I just came out with it. I told them everything that happened. And then they said, yeah, it seems like you learned your lesson and it seems like you're very honest and we can trust you. So I got the job. And so, so then you got the job, you started doing that, you know, full-time internship. And that kind of was the, the bridge to, until you went back to school. And, and so now you graduated school, are you still working with Boeing? Yeah. So the story is I worked for full year as I was suspended. The cool thing is Boeing had a program that if you worked there for a year, even if you're an intern, they'll still pay for your college afterwards. So they paid for my last year of school and I still worked part-time while taking classes. And then when I did my master's degree, Boeing paid for it as well. Wow. Yeah. Talk about like, talk about turning your opportunity into a strength, like really turning that story around. That's right. 
what do you think, like, you know, walk us through the mindset that you've had to have to be able to go from the deepest, from like, you know, the most like darkest moment of your life and turn it around to one of the prior, the brightest moments of your life. You had to have a certain mindset to do that. Yeah. I basically realized that me sitting in my bed all day doesn't do anything. And, but, life so goes how, on. but what advice do you have for students to get that mindset going? Like, how do you, you know, how do you start, go from like, you know, being depressed state to, you know what, I'm going to get up and do something. It's hard, hard to say. I mean, I think life goes on. You just have to realize that it sucks now for sure, but it'll be better in the future. So what can you do today to make that future even brighter? What, why would it, so if you can go back, you know, and meet with Sean when he was starting off as a freshman year, first day of college, what are the top three pieces of advice that you would give yourself? Oh man, I would tell myself, you should switch out of electrical engineering and go into CS. Really? Back in 2008, CS wasn't that big yeah. as it is now, right? Electrical engineering was cool, but man, the classes are so much harder and the job opportunities after graduating are nowhere near as lucrative as those in computer science. So you're much better off getting a CS degree. Okay. So no, yeah. that's number one. What's number two? Number two, I, I think what I did was right. You should join a fraternity, but make sure you have your stuff together first. So I needed that first quarter to get used to college. Like I have some friends who joined the fraternity their fall quarter, but it's not that great because they don't know life outside of that world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so what's number three? Oh, number three. Yeah. Go to the gym. <laughs> I didn't start going to the gym until I was maybe a fourth year in college. The earlier you go to the gym, the better, because it helps you with your mental sanity. You get fit. Your confidence goes up. Too many benefits. Why, you know, What's in, like, what would you say for students that are debating whether they should rush for a fraternity or not? Oh, it's, it's more of a, where do you fit in? Well, like I fit in okay with my roommates and floor mates, but I fit in really with my fraternity. Yeah. And so what advice do you have when you're going through that rush, you know, the rock, the rush process and you're essentially interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. And from what I understand, I am not an expert at Greek life. Um, my wife was in Greek life. She's in a sorority. So I understand a little bit from, from seeing her go through it. It's really, an, an, you know, you get in that bed. But how, how do you, you know, how do you pick the right fraternity for you? Like, what, what are some of the things that you should look for? I mean, you look if you can kick it with these people or not. Some people join fraternities because they want, like, the network. Some of them really want access to, like, a super nice alumni database. And honestly, I think that's not the right way to do it. You should look for people that you want to kick it with because the people who are like three years above you and three years under you will be your best friends for life. I love it. And so now let's talk about it, right? So what does your life after college look like? You graduated, you had an amazing job lined up with an amazing company. The people, you know, like they probably get like a thousand applicants per job open, right? And so you did it right. Like you, you're able to overcome that. What happens next? So after graduating from my master's program, I was expecting to work at Boeing full time. Unfortunately, during that time, Boeing was going through some financial issues and they weren't able to pay me what I believed I deserved. So I started looking around at other competitors and I found a job at Northrop Grumman. The problem was at the time I had to pay back Boeing because they paid for my master's. Mm -hmm. Luckily, I was able to negotiate Northrop Grumman to pay for that. So I didn't have to have anything out of, out of pocket. 
Yeah. That's amazing. That is awesome. And so you, you, you now been in, in computer science for how long? So actually I'm not computer science right now. I'm working on satellites. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's even, that's crazy. So how, how does, you know, how does that experience, you know, working with satellites and working with, you know, with this big company that have such, such, you know, technology that, you know, a lot of us don't need, like, I never even seen a satellite, right? Think about that other than yeah. I know where they are. Yeah. I mean, it's trippy because you're right. It's a unique role. Not a lot of people know about it. And it sounds really cool when you talk about it. So I do enjoy that factor. Uh, there are some big downsides, which is the defense industry does not pay as well as, let's say, a tech company, especially here in the Bay. Yeah. Okay. And so I know that you're also very involved in real estate. So when did you find that you were passionate about real estate? Yeah. So, you know, working in defense corporation, um, it's pretty old school. So I realized that I didn't really want to be in this field forever. So I tried to find out ways to have passive income or side income. And that's really how I got into real estate. I started reading these big books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. You know, all these like success type books, like four hour work week. Try to figure out how can I make money on the side? And so real estate really stuck with me. And I started going to all these real estate meetup events here in the Bay Area. And that's basically how I got into real estate investing. And so... Why do you think that's something that, you know, students should start thinking as early as on, right? Because I think one of the, I think financial independence and making sure that you have passive income and making sure you're smart with your money is so crucial. And the fact that you were at the 10X conference and I know that you talk about real estate, I definitely, I think we share that mindset. But I see students, one of the first thing that they do as soon as they graduate and they have a job is to buy a brand new car or they're not even saving or they go and they they rent an apartment at the nicest place that they can afford. They, they can get an, a, a, you know, rent from, and they're not necessarily, they're, they're living above their means. What are some, why did should students con- consider of having changed that mindset and maybe having more of a, let me create wealth mindset. Right. I mean, the biggest thing for me is freedom. Like when you have such a nice car or you have a nice apartment, at some point, those things turn to liabilities where if you ever lose your current position, you're going to be a slave to those items. Whereas for me, I don't want to be a slave to my items. I want to have the ability to just travel or do what I want to do. Like if I don't like my job, I can leave my job. But if you have all these things weighing you down, you don't have that ability. You must keep that job, that high paying job. That's interesting. Awesome, man. This has been great. And so what type of real estate investment do you do? So I started investing in single family and multifamily properties over in Jacksonville, Florida. So I'm on the West coast, all that stuff's on the East coast. And those are cash flowing producing properties. So basically I bought it for a certain amount and I have a loan on it, but after paying all the rent and expenses and the mortgage payment, I get some cash back. So that is some passive income that I'm getting month after month without me having to do anything. Wow. That, I mean, I love real estate as well. Like for me, I bought my first property when I was 23 um, and, and, and it's, it's been great. So I love that aspect of it. Well, Sean, um, it's been great talking to you. It's been about 30 minutes out that we've been speaking and, and love getting you know, to know your journey and some of the lessons that students can learn from, you know, just don't let, like if something bad happens to you what you're in college, it's not the end of the world. You know, really take advantage of that and turn that into a positive and just have a growth mindset. And I think you, you demonstrated that throughout your whole journey and every single thing that's happened to you. But I want to leave the last question to you is, you know, uh, what is one piece of advice that you would want every college student listening to this podcast to take away from your journey? 
Mm, that's a really good question. <laughs> well, I think a big lesson that I think everyone should know is that there's no such thing as a set path. So like I mentioned before, when I got kicked out of school, it was one of the most devastating things that happened to me at the time. And I thought that, you know, when you go to college, you think I'm going to graduate in only four years, get a master's in another two years. If I join a fraternity, I'm going to get like a little bro in this year. I'm going to become vice president and then president. Everything's going to line up perfectly. I'm going to get a job right after college. and It's going to pay me six figures and da, da, da. Real life doesn't work that way. There's always ups and downs and you just have to be okay with that and realize that life is not linear. It's open. It's kind of like the difference between playing Mario and Grand Theft Auto. I love it. That's amazing. Amazing advice. Sean, how, you know, how can people that, you know, listen to this podcast and really related to your story can, can get a hold of you? You know, how can they contact you? What's the best way? So the best way to contact me is through Gmail. Uh, that's S as Sean Pan Realty at gmail.com. S E A N P A N R E A L T Y at gmail.com. And my website, everything REI.com. You can also hear me on the real estate podcast, everything real estate investing show with Sean Pan. Love it, man. Hey, thank you so much, Sean, for just coming into the podcast, you know, opening it up and sharing your journey and, and, you know, sharing your failures and your success both. And it's been a great episode. So thank you so much again. And then for everybody listening to this podcast, thank you guys and catch you guys in the next episode. If you're listening to me right now, you, my friend, have made it to the end of the podcast. I want to take some time to thank you and congratulate you for being different and taking control of your career, doing things like listening to this podcast, putting yourself out there and building the experience needed to land your dream job is what's going to set you apart and not be just another statistic. So great job. Keep it up. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with your friends and make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. Talk to you soon.